the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I see my name in shiny lights. Yeah. A different city every night. Oh, I, I swear. The world better prepare for when I'm a billionaire. It's time to get down to business on the weekend's number one business program. Known as the king of networking, your host, Shalom Klein, has worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and created countless jobs. So, to success, let's get down to business. And indeed, we're all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here. You're on with Get Down to Business, and I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at shalomkline.com. And while you're there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. It's going to be a jam-packed week of content and information you'll not want to miss, so let's jump right in. I've been excited for this conversation because I am talking with an author, a sociologist who has been focused on top leadership in shape-shifting organizations. And in fact, he has coined a term, the office verse, and he is the co-author of Office Shock, Creating Better Futures for Working and Living. That's Bob Johansson. Bob, welcome to the program. Thanks so much. Great to be with you. Absolutely. I know you have been uh, talking about how the, the workplace of the future, the office verse, as you describe it, will disrupt many of today's organizational models. So first, I have to understand, Bob, how did you become interested in this topic and, uh, and, and where, where has your, your work led uh, in, in, in this area? Sure. So I'm at Institute for the Future in Silicon Valley, and we're the longest running futures think tank in the world now. And we were approached during the COVID crisis by the furniture manufacturer, office furniture, USM from Switzerland. And their CEO called me and said, Bob, um, we, we would like to begin a new conversation on what's after the COVID crisis, what's new for not only office buildings, but also what we call officing or the way we work. And ultimately, the office verse, that kind of uh, archipelago of possibility that includes buildings, but also includes this wide, this crazy, this wonderful mix of new media. So I just got intrigued by this, not only as a, a threat to how we've done business in the past, but an opportunity to do things we've never done before. <laughs> Wild. So let's dive, uh, let's dive in over here. What is office shock and why is it important? So office shock is abrupt, abrupt, unsettling change in how, where, when, and even why we work. And the title, Office Shock, actually an homage to the futurist Alvin Toffler, who 50 years ago wrote a book called Future Shock. Um, I'm a futurist, so I focus my life 10 years ahead and think future back. And in the book, Office Shock, we go out to that future and say with a great deal of clarity where we're going in terms of the direction of how we work and when and why we work. Uh, but we've got a lot of things to do in the present uh, to figure out how we get from where we are now to where we want to be. Oh, fascinating. Very, very interesting. Again, I'm chatting with the co-author of Office Shock, Creating Better Futures for Working 
and living. We've been talking about the future of the office verse. So, Bob, I'd like to ask what mindset is most important as people think about the future of work? Yeah. So the mindset, the key to this is to think future back. The now the now is so noisy and we're kind of stuck in sort of old fashioned questions like, when do we go back to the office? Uh, the first question we should be asking is why an office at all? You know, why an office at all? And there are good answers to that question, but it should be a question asked, not an assumption made. And the reason you do want to meet in person, the reason you do on offices is for things like orientation, trust building, renewal, culture building, early stage creativity. But in fact, many of today's offices or yesterday's offices, they're not very good at those things. So we need to rethink this kind of how and why and where we work. Um, and we've introduced in the book, Office Shock, seven spectrums of choice, uh, beginning with purpose, then asking what are the outcomes you're seeking? In particular, what are the climate impacts you're seeking? Then asking, how do you create a culture of belonging in this increasingly distributed world? Then ask, how do you want to be augmented? Because over the next decade, we're going to be augmented, whether we want to or not. And we've got a great opportunity to ask the question of what do humans do best? What do computers do best? Then you get to the spectrum of where and when do you work from the office building to the office verse. And finally, the spectrum of agility. Um, how do you hold this all together? How do you be essentially a corporate athlete to thrive in this kind of new multimedia world? So, you know, we're humble futurists. We know where things are going and we're not telling you what to do. We're just helping you make smart choices. Interesting. Again, I'm chatting with Bob Johansson, who is a distinguished fellow uh, at the uh, at the Institute for the Future. Uh, and it's not often that we have a futurist on the program. You know, Bob, you've been working at IFTF um, back uh, beginning in 1973, and you've been a professional futurist for nearly 50 years. You've got, a, a, I believe, over 12 books, and I know you've spoken right. um, quite uh quite frequently. So I'm curious, what does a futurist add to the conversation about the future of offices? Well, the futurist allows you to restart at a basic level to get out of the noisy now to think future back. And in, it's quite clear if you think 10 years ahead, it's quite clear that the media we're going to be able to use to work are going to be dramatically better than what we have today. It's quite clear we're going to have sensors everywhere. They're going to be very cheap. Many of them are going to be connected, and some of them will be in our bodies. It's quite clear that we're going to be more diverse in our workforce than we've ever been. And we're going to have to think consciously about how to create a culture of belonging, a culture of inclusion, a culture with increased equity to make things hold together. It's also quite clear that what the Army War College calls the VUCA world, volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous, it's quite clear that that's going to get worse. It's going to get more VUCA. So the way to win in that kind of world is not to look for certainty because it's nowhere to be found. The way to win in that world is to be very clear where you're going, but very flexible, very flexible how you get there. So we call it in the book Flexive Intent. You want to be very clear about direction, very flexible about execution, and futurists help you find that clarity. 
Bob, so many of our listeners are entrepreneurs and small business owners, um, and uh, the time during uh, during COVID uh, certainly was a uh, gut punch, uh, and it it I think led yeah. a lot of folks to rethink how they how they office, um, how they work in general. What does it mean to have employees? What kind of businesses do they want to be in, and so on? I'm curious if there's a message here not just for the big businesses and the large uh, entities with large corporate offices around the country, um, but also for the small business owners that may have been in a uh, WeWork or an office sharing environment. Yeah. Uh, Shalom, that's such an important question. And it's such an important opportunity. In a real sense, office shock makes it possible for a small organization to have a big impact on big businesses without being big. <laughs> it gives us a chance to leverage size, to scale in ways we've never been able to scale before, to network in ways we've never been able to network before. So to me, um, this is the great opportunity for small businesses, for small organizations to be big in terms of impact without being big. Fascinating. And we're, we're quickly running uh, close to the end of our time together. So I just want to ask one last question. Why is it important to think future back in addition to present forward? So future back thinking gives you a kind of calm, gives you a kind of clarity, gives you a kind of direction that you can't have unless you think future back. So, you know, we have to immerse ourselves. We have to engage in the now. I'm not saying that, but it's a problem if you get stuck, if you get stuck in the now. And what future back allows you to do is think about the future first. And the future, it's easier actually to think about the future of future back than it is to think about the now because the now is just so noisy. So what we're suggesting is you think about the future first. And I like the sweet spot of 10 years out. It's far enough to be beyond your normal horizon, but close enough in to be practical. So think about the future first, then the next, and then the now, and you'll have a better perspective. You'll be able to develop your clarity of direction, develop your calm, develop your center, while also staying very flexible about how you get there. Fantastic. Well, again, I've been chatting with Bob Johansson, the co-author of uh, Office Shock, and Bob is a uh, is a senior fellow at the Institute for uh, distinguished fellow at the Institute for the Future, a five hundred one c three nonprofit educational organization in Silicon Valley. Um, you can learn more about their important work on their website at iftf.org, as well as through their website, uh, learn more about Bob, as well as find out about Office Shock. Uh, and I know the book Bob can be uh, can be purchased. Just if I understand correctly, on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and frankly, wherever books are sold. Uh, any last comments from you? Yeah, de definitely. The book's out there. It just came out, so the timing's perfect for this conversation. We also just released a new chatbot uh, based on the book. So it's based on GPT-3, and you can actually go. We'll put the link into this. You can actually go and uh, probe the uh, Office Shock book How cool. uh, in much the same way that people are doing now with ChatGPT. So that's How kind cool. of our... Well, we'll share the links uh, through our show notes. Thanks so much for joining us, Bob. Thank you. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I'm thrilled to be joined by Cal Stout, who's the founder of Elevate and Scale, a leading email marketing agency that helps direct consumer brands unlock hidden revenue and put their sales on autopilot 
while spending $0 in extra ad spend. Who doesn't want to do that? Kyle is an expert on leveraging email marketing to maximize revenue by improving customer retention, increasing average order value, and driving repeat purchases. Kyle, first and foremost, welcome to the program. And how did you get interested in this line of work? Thanks for having me. Uh, well, I started out in the digital marketing world as a copywriter. And really, I was just just doing a little bit of everything, doing a lot of ghostwriting for some other agencies. And email marketing was one of those th- areas where I just kept seeing the best results and I enjoyed it. So it was just something I decided to deep dive into that particular area. <laughs> Fascinating. And it's such an important area. Um, more important now than ever as, uh, you know, over the course of this program, I'm going to talk uh, today about uh, working remotely, which so many people are doing. So why is email marketing the most important strategy for product-based entrepreneurs that they should be leveraging right now? Because uh, email even though it often gets overlooked by you know social media and all the other exciting things, email is an asset where you have a direct line of communication to your customers and to your leads on a platform that you own and control. So other, you know, compared to social media where something might happen where they make a change to the algorithm and all of a sudden people aren't seeing your content as much um, or something happens where, you know, your, your page gets banned for whatever reason or taken down temporarily that doesn't happen with email and the value of that asset, your email list just continues to grow over time. Uh, absolutely. Again, I'm chatting with Kyle Stout, the founder of Elevate and Scale. We're talking about email marketing and, um, you know, our audience, uh, are so many entrepreneurs, people that are trying their best to be the subject matter experts in their area of expertise, but often they may not be the best marketers. So what, Kyle, are the top three mistakes that entrepreneurs are making with email marketing that I know you have the data to prove that it's costing them thousands? So the biggest thing that people get wrong is whenever they send an email, they're sending every email to everyone on their list. And it makes sense why you would want to do that because you think, well, I've spent all this time and money building up this email list. I want to get the most value out of it. But the problem is, is that any email is not going to be, it's going to be impossible for that email to be great to everyone. And if you write an email to try to please everyone, it's only going to be, you know, okay to good. And you really want to start segmenting your list and creating emails that cater more specific to that group of people. That way people are getting emails that they think are great instead of just good. So that's, that's one. Um, Another one is getting the email frequency wrong. So a lot of times businesses, um, maybe if they're trying to do too much with their email, they're sending too frequently and they're just burning out their list. But on the other end, uh, you might not expect to hear this, but especially for bigger companies that already have a lot of traction, a lot of times they're not emailing their list enough and they're not getting near as much value as they could out of their email list because uh, you know maybe the business owner just you know, has an idea in their head that they don't like email. So they don't put as much into it and they don't realize that there's so much untapped potential. And then finally, the third, I would say, you know, most common mistake is just being too salesy and not treating the email like it was originally intended and really just being more conversational with your email content. Sure. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, again, in a couple of minutes, I'm going to talk a little bit about some some social and email marketing as it ties to hiring. 
Um, but when you think holistically, Kyle, at, at all of um, sort of marketing strategies for many of the companies that might be tuning into this program uh, today, where does email marketing sort of fit into that strategy if you were cre- to create a pie chart? Okay, well, so first you have to have traffic coming to your site. So if you don't have that problem solved, obviously you have to get the top of funnel traffic going so that way you can actually build your list. But really, um, I think it fits into multiple areas. So you can set up automations that are directly tied to your sales process, which is going to be a little closer to the top of funnel where you're just making your website and whatever your sales process looks like. So if you're a service business and people have to, let's say people watch a webinar or they hop on a sales call, you know, whatever the steps are in between them landing on your site and them becoming a customer or a client, you can set up automated email follow-up in between each one of those steps to increase your conversions in your sales process. But then after someone's already a customer then email marketing is great for just doing customer retention over time by you know continuing to nurture that relationship and get more and more repeat sales uh, from those customers. And that's where the value of email marketing really grows in the long term. Absolutely. So how can uh, a brand create emails that customers want to receive? How do you connect the dots between what, what the reader wants to read and is willing to open and the message that you're trying to convey? So it really starts with the fundamental marketing research, just understanding your ideal customers. And so a lot of business owners, uh, you know, we tend to get caught up in working in the business and we forget to take time to work on the business. So if this is something that you haven't done in a long time, you might need to take a step back and just really sit down and try to figure out what do your ideal customers actually care about, their hopes, dreams, fears, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then come up with a messaging strategy. So that way you're using that to guide all of the content and a great resource for this, that you don't have to be a copywriter or, um, you know, an expert in this particular field to have a formula you can use is a book called building a story brand by Donald Miller. I always recommend that to people because it's a, uh, they explain it very well and they give you a process you can follow step-by-step to come up with a messaging strategy for any marketing and sales stuff that you do, that's going to resonate with your ideal customers. Awesome. I'm chatting with Kyle Stout, founder of Elevate and Scale. As you can tell already in this conversation, Kyle is the subject matter expert on everything relating uh, to email marketing, um, which became such an important topic over these past few years. And I believe, Kyle, you started um, your firm in 2019. Who knew what would happen just a year later? So, Kyle, I want to zoom out for a very uh, brief moment and uh, learn more about uh, about the services your company provides and who should be talking to you. Okay, yeah. So we provide, uh, really we focus, we take a holistic approach to retention marketing. So we're doing email marketing, SMS marketing, and we also help companies create uh, and develop their rewards program. And all of those things we tie in together. So really they're all working together uh, as one thing. And I would say email is really driving like 80 to 90% of all that. Um, the companies that we typically work with are privately owned uh, product-based businesses, you know, usually somewhere from doing somewhere from between, you know, half a million a year, upwards of like 10 million a year. That's really the sweet spot for the companies we work with. Awesome. And so Kyle, what has, uh, what has 2020 
uh, through 2022 look like in your line of work? It's been crazy. So it's been, it's been uh, very wild for all of the types of businesses we work with. You know, e-commerce businesses specifically have gone through this huge roller coaster because in 2020, we had the pandemic. All of a sudden, everyone's at home. Internet consumption, as far as social media and all that kind of stuff goes, was just through the roof. And people could no longer go out and do stuff. So they started to replace that with buying things and <laughs> just buying, you know, like all of a sudden people were shopping online way more than they already were. So these e-commerce brands are having this huge explosion. But then on the other side, now there's all this, there's all these issues of logistics and getting their products over from China. And then the costs are skyrocketing on that side. So, um, and then also people started to kind of dial back that spending. So uh, man, those people, business owners, I, they have gone through a full whirlwind of ups and downs. Um, but along the way, uh, we have been able to generate a ton of sales through email marketing. And as much as people say that they don't like getting marketing emails, uh, it's amazing. They just continue to keep buying and buying from emails and even text messages. That's wild. Well, Kyle, um, I know you've su- successfully proven your case of why, of why entrepreneurs and small business owners should not ignore email marketing as part of their strategy. And again, it is part of the strategy, but like everything, you want to do it well and Folks are still very, very much attached to their emails, so you don't want to miss this opportunity, as you say, um, you know, leaving thousands on the table. So, Kyle, how can we get in touch with you? Yeah, the best place to find... I mean, you can find me at Elevate and Scale anywhere on social media, but the best resource I have for people is if you go to win before, or sorry, uh, yeah, winbeforeyousend.com, and you can download a checklist that will help you send campaigns that generate more sales and engagement and save you time with a step-by-step process you can follow as you're planning out your email campaigns. And let me guess, we could probably subscribe to a few email lists from you as well. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Well, appreciate you joining us, Kyle. Thanks so much for sharing your expertise. I look forward to having you back on real soon. We've got to squeeze in the headlines, some commercials. We'll be right back here on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. Um, In 2021, the world witnessed truly a record number of job openings. You fast forward a year later, the end of 2022, um, and the numbers certainly didn't get much better. Yes, 10.7 million job openings are better than 11 million, but the challenge is very real as we head into 2023 it's hard to find ideal candidates. If we assume that the talent shortage will diminish in 2023, this will make it more likely for businesses to find good candidates for the jobs that are offering. Um, And so far, it's been hard to find any candidates, not to mention people who are a good fit. That's why you need to be prepared. The competition will still be big. Your competitors will try to find and wow, the ideal candidates, which make it more important than ever to optimize your recruitment strategy and figure out how to attract and recruit in 2023, which is exactly what I want to talk to you about right now. Everybody wants to hire the ideal candidates for their position, but is this really necessary? After a while, the person you hire will get accustomed to the position and learn how to do the job right. That's one way to think about it, but it's the wrong way. The ideal candidate isn't necessarily a person that will know everything about the job position from the start. It's the person that has the qualifications, the soft and hard skills, and the motivation to work towards your company's goals. This is the person you should aim to hire. 
The benefits of hiring the ideal candidate make a very long list. But the top ben- the top benefits would be increased productivity. Hiring the right people will increase the overall productivity of the company. If everybody does their work well and it's a good fit, the company will will work with maximum productivity and minimal problems. If you hire the wrong person, they can diminish not only their productivity, but also that of others. And big savings. On average, every employee you hire costs $4,000. Now imagine having to replace multiple employees because you hired the wrong people. This adds up to incredible expenses that you could have simply avoided because you hired the right person. It saves time. When you have to train or rehire an employee, it takes a lot of time. If you hire the ideal candidate from the start, you can onboard them and they'll start working for your company's goals. Increases customer satisfaction. You could replace the wrong candidate after hiring them, but repairing the damage they did to the customers is not so easy to fix. One unhappy customer will tell an average of 15 people about their bad experience with their brand. And if they decide to leave you one negative feedback, oh boy, well, it takes 40 positive testimonials to undo the damage. So you probably want to avoid these problems um, in your business and find the right person as soon as possible. So here's a couple of things that you could do. Offering a job to potential employees is not as simple as it was in the past. You can't just post an ad in the newspaper or place a piece of paper on your store's door saying employees needed. Now that the digital world is a job seeker's hub, you need to utilize it to find the best candidates. You can't wow anyone without finding them first. After you find them, you can't wow them unless you offer the right things. So here's some things that you can be doing to to optimize your search and hiring process. You want to use dynamic ads, add video content to your job post, use keywords to optimize your job post for search engine optimization, Say yes to social recruiting, consider hiring remotely, and optimize onboarding ahead. I could go into each of these areas for hours, and perhaps we will over the coming weeks. I'll make sure to go a little bit deeper into each of these topics. Um, But uh, again, just the highlights over here is definitely let's talk about videos. People today love videos. People watch dozens of them every single day, especially on social media. It's been on, on for a while, so it's no wonder that recruitment would also get up on the trends. In fact, the application rate for a job post with a video in it increases by 34%, according to research. So make sure you're getting video testimonials from people who work for you, a peek into how the company works behind the scenes videos, if you will, motivational videos from you, the CEO, the company owner. You want to make sure you're using dynamic ads that basically you're creating different postings for different job openings, and you're sort of being a uh, evolving each each ad in each post to make sure you're, you are being as innovative as possible. So yes, social recruiting is really, really big. Hiring today is made much more simple thanks to social platforms like LinkedIn or even Facebook. Everybody can hop on LinkedIn and search for talent in their field. Right now, as we talk today, there are over 58 million registered companies sourcing talent on LinkedIn. That's just one of the ways to do social recruiting. It's one of the top trends in the recruiting world today, employees today create their social accounts and optimize them to find good jobs, which makes this a great opportunity to source the right talent. And of course, you've probably done this already, but consider hiring remotely. Hiring remotely will widen your reach tremendously, giving you more chances at finding a highly qualified ideal candidate for the, for the position. Not just that, but this is considered one of the most desired benefits in recruitment today. Job seekers today will sacrifice up to 20% of their salary to enjoy more flexibility at work. Not everybody can do that, but it's definitely something you want to consider. 
And finally, finally, in terms of optimizing onboarding, um, you know, often people say, I'll find the ideal candidate first and I'll onboard them as I go. If this is your plan, I would recommend try again because onboarding new employees isn't a cakewalk, especially if you're not prepared for it. There's a lot involved in the selection process, but you should also think about how you'll welcome, prepare, inform, and train your new team member to help them adjust the new job efficiently. So if you're ready to hire in the 2023 market, this year has the potential to bring some amazing people to work at your organization, but it's your job to find and attract them. Hopefully, these tips that I've shared will help you find the ideal candidates for the open positions in your business. I wish you all the luck in the world. I'll share more tips on my website. And of course, we'll be sharing far more on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Got to squeeze in a very quick break here and get down to business, but I've got a lot more, including about franchising when we return in just a moment. Don't touch that pal. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. You can always download our shows on my website, shalomkline.com, or wherever your podcasts, your, wherever your favorite podcasts can be found. Uh, it's not often that we have a certified franchise consultant on the program, and Eddie Rodriguez has been exactly that for over 15 years. He's the founder and CEO of the Franchise Taylor. Eddie, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me, Shalom. Absolutely. It's an honor. So um, I've been fascinated with franchise for years, and I know so have you, and that's why you, you're in this line of work. You're the franchise tailor. Uh, let's start with that name itself. Where did that come up from, and what's the message you're hoping to convey to those listening and those interested like me in the topic? Well, funny you should ask. Prior to my, my career as a certified franchise consultant and Forbes Coaches Council member, I was in the, fran uh, the apparel industry, the fashion industry. I'm a member of the Council of Fashion Designers of America. And so I thought it was very apropos to name my company the Franchise Tailor because I truly tailor our services to every individual's needs, wants, passions about what they want their best next life to look like. I love it. I love it. That's uh, that's awesome. I love the love the title. It's sort of where your worlds collide and where you're, you're able to bring all things together. And I hear the passion in your voice. So, um, Eddie, I know over 15 years ago, you started your uh, franchise consulting life. So what is a franchise consultant and why does it matter to our listeners? What's the benefits of franchising? Yeah, um, for your listeners, if you Google franchising, um, you will immediately be overwhelmed. It is a huge industry. Many people try to do this on their own, and uh, I've heard of many mistakes. Um, whether it's me or any other experienced, certified franchise consultant, they will add tremendous value um, to your search because they will focus on a lot of factors that are meaningful to you as a client whether it's your lifestyle goals, financial goals, short, long-term, if you want a legacy business, if you want to be an owner-operator or an absentee owner, some people just want to diversify their portfolio and have a second income stream. So they don't want a, an ownership opportunity that requires them to be in the business, just maybe 10 hours a week, kind of checking on the business and having a manager report to them. Our expertise and our vast portfolio adds tremendous value 
and the Federal Trade Commission legally uh, literally refuses to allow franchise companies to charge a client one more penny for utilizing our services. So there's the value. Uh, it's a huge value. It's definitely there's there's benefits of franchising. I've already I've already heard some of the things that you've said, Eddie, about the values of this over sort of that independent business ownership, which is important. And it sounds like it's a good investment strategy as well. So what should entrepreneurs, which is the bulk of our audience over here, entrepreneurs, business owners, know before they buy a franchise? I believe that's the right term, buying a franchise. Yeah, the, the, the difference, for example, A, last year a lot of people got hit hard in the stock market. If you have a startup, if you want to invest as an angel investor in a startup, only about 17, 1-7% of those are still open two years later. Franchises are established businesses. They're validated. There are other people currently operating those franchises that are successful. You can speak to them and validate it yourself. So franchises mitigate risk. They are a safer option in investing in a business because they've been created, validated. They come with tremendous support, technology, marketing, operations, and otherwise. So your chances of succeeding are far greater than a startup. And sometimes, like last year, far greater than investing in the stock market. So whether you want to be an owner-operator and transition out of you know, rat race corporate America and own your own thing, but with support, or you want to diversify your portfolio while mitigating risk, investing in a franchise is a good option. Okay, fantastic. Again, I'm chatting with Eddie Rodriguez, who has been a certified franchise consultant for over 15 years, um, but a 30-plus year successful entrepreneur, um, which is great. So I'm a storyteller, Eddie. Eddie, before we cut to break, I'd love to hear a success story, somebody that you've been working with that you've been able to to help them um, research the best option, the best fit for them, and you know, hopefully their success. Wow, picking one is... Uh... Quite the question. I, I've, I've helped place hundreds of people in, in franchise opportunities. I'll tell you an interesting one. We work with a lot of uh, candidates like in Canada or in South America that want to come into this country legally with an E2 or EB5 visa. So what they do is invest in franchise opportunities because immigration lawyers love that franchises are registered with the federal government. I placed a young lady recently um, who came here from the country of Chile, literally leaving a, the new government there that is not very friendly. Um, and she has started her business along with her husband and her two kids in an essential service business um, that mitigates risk. There's no brick and mortar involved, low cost, very high margins. And she's now up to three different territories. So it gives me great pleasure as an immigrant myself to help those that want to come to America legally build a, a life here, build a business here, employ people, pay taxes, and succeed in America. So that's one of hundreds. 
I'm sure there's, we could go on and on and we just don't have enough time. But Eddie, I mean, that's a fantastic story and a fantastic example of success. So congratulations. And I know each story is independent and unique and you take a uh, tailor approach, no pun intended over here, um, to each individual uh, uh, entrepreneur. We've got to cut to a quick break. We'll be right back on Get Down to Business. Don't touch that dial. Welcome back to Get Down to Business. I'm continuing my conversation with Eddie Rodriguez, certified franchise consultant, founder and CEO of the Franchise Taylor. And perhaps more important, uh, lives in Miami with his wife, Kimberly. And uh, I know, uh, Eddie, this, uh, this line of work has been amazing because of the stories that you just shared with us of how you are changing people's lives. And it sounds like uh, you've created a great life for yourself as well after uh, cutting out of uh, some of the rat race. Um, so, you know, each, each story is unique. Um, but Eddie, for somebody that's tuning in, an entrepreneur, uh, a business owner, just somebody interested in making a change, where do they start in franchising? Well, my best advice is to find, really do research and find a certified franchise consultant like myself to help them navigate uh, the vast waters of franchising because it is huge. Franchises, much to people's surprise, exist in every industry imaginable. Most people think of franchises in the food business, McDonald's, Subway, you know, Papa John's Pizza, etc. They exist in when you fill up your gas tank. That's a franchise. You go to FedEx Kinko's, that's a franchise. So is the UPS store, and I can go on and on. If you try to navigate those vast waters on your own, most people will probably get a migraine headache because it's thousands and thousands of opportunities. So my best advice is to seek a certified franchise expert with lots of experience to help understand what you're truly looking for. And the mission that I wake up every morning with, it's up on my whiteboard, is help somebody today find their best next life by becoming an entrepreneur through franchise ownership. I'm affiliated with a very large group, an award-winning group called IFPG. Um, we represent over 540 of the best franchise brands in America. I always like to say I don't have a dog in the fight. I listen to what my clients want, what they don't want, what their goals are. And then I select probably five or six to introduce to them those brands that I, I feel check off all their boxes. And that is usually the best approach for people to take because it narrows the field. And, and I keep working with my clients until we exhaust opportunities that, that might be right for them. And, and they make whatever decision that they deem is good for, for, their, for their life. Oh, fantastic. Well, Eddie, that's, that's why we're having you on because of that amazing network you're a part of and the, the options you can provide. I know that uh, the options range in uh, professional services, um, in uh, vending, in retail, everything under the sun. Um, but the best way for folks to learn more is I know getting in touch with you and you make it pretty easy. You've got a website and I know you're pretty accessible, but how can we get in touch with you if we want to learn more? Sure. Old school. Pick up the phone. My direct line at my office is 305-460-9925 or feel free to email me at eddie, E-D-D-I-E, at thefranchisetailor, T-A-I-L-O-R.com, eddie at thefranchisetailor.com, and I'd be happy 
to, to, you know, get on an introductory call to see if I can be of help. Awesome. The franchise tailor.com. I love it um, because Eddie Rodriguez is indeed the franchise tailor. Thanks so much for sharing your passion, your expertise with our listeners. Um, we'll share your contact information in the show notes as well. I um, would appreciate you uh, joining us here and I look forward to having you back on real soon. So that's a wrap for us here on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship this week. What a fantastic lineup we've had. Certainly learned a lot from all of our guests um, and a great way to wrap up in learning about uh, entrepreneurship opportunities, entrepreneurial opportunities um, for you to consider. Um, We'll share all of the contact information for our guests um, as well as some additional resources through the show notes, um, which again, you can find on my website, shalomkline.com or you can, of course, download Download any of the past 10 plus years of shows on your favorite podcast app. But be sure while you're there to rate, review, uh, because it makes it honestly uh, easier for your colleagues to find out about the program. So to success, let's get down to business. We'll talk to you next Sunday right here on AM560, The Answer, or wherever your favorite podcast can be found. Have a great week. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com